0: Welcome to my body talk show. I am your host, Celia Lee. To match the theme of International Women's Day, I actually got four women from different parts of the world to make it international as possible, also from different backgrounds. So we've got someone from LA, someone from Toronto, we've got someone from Italy. Well she's lives she lives in London now, and another lady from London, but she's Colombian. But anyway, everyone's from different background basically. And we just talk about women's stuff, celebrating women's strength. Anyway, keep watching or listening. Welcome to My Body Talk Show, everyone. It is your girl Celia Lee. Happy International Women's Day. And because it's International Women's Day, I picked four beautiful ladies from different parts of the world, different backgrounds. And we want to talk about um, pretty much everything like bold women, make, um, creating history, and gender equality. So without further ado, let me just introduce my guests. So let's start off with you, Victoria. Tell us your background, where you're from, what you do and maybe briefly how you got into what you do.
1: Sure, Celia, thank you for having me with this powerhouse panel of women. Uh, For me, I am based out of Los Angeles, California in the United States. I own a mortgage company, so definitely in the financial services industry. And believe it or not, I picked the financial services industry. They kind of picked me. Uh, I started it as like a college job because my dad said, go work at the bank. My major was computer engineering. I was always a trailblazer because at the time, uh, there were only like two women in my computer engineering class at the time in the tech world. This was back in the day when like USBs were like eight gigs and it was a thing. And um, so my dad said, go work at the bank. It's got great benefits. And that's what I did during college. Well, sure enough, you know, I drank the Kool-Aid, The business bug bit me. I ended up changing my major. I love helping families get into home and kind of really make a lot of their dreams a reality. So uh, I stepped into another male dominant industry, which is the financial services world, and uh, carved my niche in where now I run a team of uh, 14 people, predominantly men. And uh, now I get the opportunity to help a lot of families, um, both on the Hispanic realm of uh, really every background ethnicity wise which is awesome for me so that's a little bit about me tell me one interesting fact about you Ooh, i speak three languages so i speak english spanish and italian so those are my my fun fact oh, background yes <laughs> since,
0: since you mentioned italian i'm going to move on to angie
2: hello hello everyone um i'm angela i am italian born and raised in rome my mom is from Cape Verde and um, I moved to London five years ago. Um, I studied tourism school and I learned English, French and Spanish. I also speak uh, Creole Portuguese because of my mom and in university I learned Mandarin. <laughs> so I speak many languages as well. And also I work in fintech. <laughs> so we found many things in common and nothing. On my spare time, I like to take dance classes and to sing. And
3: so happy to be here. Hi everyone. Thanks so much for having us, Celia. Um, so I was born in Cali, Colombia, and came over to the UK when I was 10 years old. Um, I uh, I think my whole career began in year nine when I had to choose my subjects and I just absolutely loved IT so went on to graduate uh, as an um in business and information technology and that led me to become a web developer um and then i worked for a high profile um agency here in the city of london and that gave me the opportunity to become quite proficient in the, in the whole world of digital marketing um and then i think it was during the pandemic when i started to to take on extra work because I was working from home. So I do some freelancing, I do websites for different people. And I realized that I could double my pay just working for myself at home. And so seeing that change is what led me to sort of build up a team of people, of talented people in the different fields that are required in digital marketing. And that's what came about. Uh, that's when Voltage Studios came about. Um yeah that's it. So
4: hello and thank you for having me. I was really excited to come on today <laughs> and be a part of this. I'm I'm originally from Toronto, Canada. I'm a dance fitness instructor. Although that's not how it started out. I come from a background of social service work. That's actually what I had studied but I've always been passionate about helping other people and working with individuals just to overcome the everyday adversities we deal as people in life. So over time after, essentially at this time, um, after I had my daughter is really when I took something that I was just doing as a hobby, as like something that I was, I was passionate about, which was dance. And I used that As an outlet at that time for me. And when I saw how it really changed my life and impacted me, I was like, I need to do this like and help as other people as well, especially women. Because if you guys the moms on the call know, you know, when you're at home, especially on maternity leave, you know, cooped up in your house and off work, and it's just you and baby, it's amazing. But you do have your moments in those downtimes. You need an outlet, right? So I use that and it really helped me and I wanted to use that same passion and share that with women in the world, essentially. So that's how I got started.
0: Entrepreneur. So Maria, what made you become an entrepreneur? Did you become an entrepreneur after being a mother or before?
3: Um, I think for me, it was, um, it was a great opportunity to be more of a present mom for my children. So having three young kids and having to work for a company and finishing at 6, 6.30, and having to book holidays for this, for that. Now that I work for myself, I can manage my time. I get to drop my kids off at school. I get to pick them up. I get to decide how much I you know how much time I spend working. And I try to sort of save those hours after school to be with my children. So yeah, so I began Voltage after being a mum my oldest son is going to be 11 soon so um so yeah so for me it was a great transition and it was one of the reasons why Voltage began because I could see myself just being able to work from home and actually being a present mom, and just not having to ask somebody to you know can I take the afternoon off can I be at my kids school play can I have the holidays off or the summertime or the Christmas period it's great. I mean, for me, it's worked so well, just being my boss, my own business, you know, deciding what I do with my time.
0: So this is a question for you, Victoria. You know, like people always say, once you become a mother, once you have children, your career, that's the end of your life. That's the end of your career. And do you believe that? Like, do
1: you think it slowed you down from building your company? So absolutely not. I mean, I think, you know, even the home CEOs, right, which are the stay-at-home moms, the home CEOs, that's a tough gig. Like, I knew for myself I was not cut from that cloth. Heck no, give me back. When can I go back? After three weeks of having the baby, I was like, let's let's go back. How much money can we make? Because if anything, it fuels you more as an entrepreneur. Like, kind of like what Maria said, we get to be present at their – birthdays, the recitals, you know, dropping them off at school, even just making breakfast, like making time to just not just pack a bag and a Ziploc um, baggie of cereal and then hey, we got to go to the car, but really like making eggs or making pancakes or having conversations. I think that that is something that's undervalued in a lot of industries um, is the flexibility. And I saw corporate try to navigate through that during COVID where they would say, work from home, your mental health. But the reality is, is they're still looking at a bottom line. They're still looking at their numbers. And so I think from a mom perspective, I became a mom as an entrepreneur and, or I was a mom when I became an entrepreneur. um, For me, I think it was the hardest part was trying to find balance, your version of balance. Right. Everyone talks about this work life balance, but no one could ever tell me what it was like. What is it? Is it that I only go in half a day? Is it that I go in late two hours? Right. What is it? Is it that I only go to my kids soccer games once a month? Like what is true balance? And the way I defined it in entrepreneurship is balance is what you make it. Um, I remember having a conversation with my kids When I first started entrepreneurship and it was like I was working way more hours than I was doing even in corporate. Why? Because as an entrepreneur, you have to start the business. The business relies on you. So you have to grit, you have to hustle. And that does take away from your kids. And so I think having a good conversation and a goal and a game plan is what worked for us. Like I sat the kids down and said, hey, if mom closes X, Y and Z transactions, what do you guys want to do? And they were like, we want to go to Disneyland. Okay. Disneyland, how, where, where do we want to go? And so we would have like a ticker board and it was like every transaction that mom closed in the beginning, they, I was like, okay, we're one step closer. And they actually hold you accountable. They're like, mom, what are you doing here? You need to go to work. Like Disneyland's waiting for us. We have one left, you know? And so I think for me, that's how I created balance was really making them a part of the entrepreneurship journey and not separating. I'm a mom and a business owner. I'm multidimensional. I am both. And it is perfectly okay to be both.
0: So Jess, I followed you on Instagram and I don't remember how I found you, but your story was so inspiring. I just remember I just randomly clicked on one of your reels and I just saw that you basically moved from Toronto to to the DR with your, your daughter and you don't even speak the language and I thought that was so inspiring. So could you tell us more about that?
4: so for me um as marie and victoria was saying as well as moms it does give you that extra motivation and push and when you have the outside world telling you your life is over you're not going to be able to do this or it's going to be limited like i though my whole pregnancy i was being told like well your travel days are over and i that was devastating to me because i love to travel so i was like well there has to be things that can be incorporated. Like there's, there's no way that, you know, there's this family travels, family trips. So originally it started with just us taking like solo trips. So we started solo traveling like with her because at that time I'm like, you know what? You're going to be my partner for the rest of my life. We are going to, you're going to be my venture buddy. We're going to do everything together. So everywhere I went, she came with me. So I think easing into that, like those seven day periods, seven day trips, um kind of helped before we did like a jump in a sense but um for me I'm not, I don't come from a latin background I come from a caribbean background but not, I'm, I don't speak any spanish um so that was also a huge transition but because the genres that I was doing that I started out with was salsa bachata and merengue I'm like, I can do this and I enjoy it and stuff. And that stemmed from me traveling to the Dominican Republic at first. So the DR was actually the first country that I traveled on um, before I even had my daughter. And I fell in love with it all together. Like the music, the culture, everything. You know, I would come back from those all-inclusive vacations and just be like dancing around my house. <laughs> but um, <laughs> after I had her, it continued. I was just dancing around my house. <laughs> so <laughs> when I continued doing that, I was like, you know what? I want to actually immerse myself in this culture. Like if I've learned just this stuff in these short periods of times and just the music I've been listening to on YouTube, I just thought about like, imagine the fact I take this time when she's small, when she's young, before school starts, right? And just immerse myself. So we went over there and (laughs) that was obviously very nerve wracking. But I also thought about the fact like our life is we only have one and I'm just going to go against the grain. And Everyone in the beginning thought I was absolutely losing my mind, (laughs) but I was like, you know what, like, when I was Googling and when I was looking up on YouTube, single mom traveling to Europe, there was nothing coming up. And all the videos of single moms traveling, there would be them traveling with the babies and when they arrive in the airport, their families are waiting for them. I'm like, this is not a solo trip. I mean, if you don't know nobody. So I realized there wasn't even much resources online at that time um, where people are really sharing their stories. And, you know, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to just have to figure this out. <laughs> so I went over there and my main, my main goal when we first went was to ultimately just improve even my dance skills, learn the language. I didn't want to just be dancing things that won't my, actually look in my native language. I wanted to learn about it, like see how the people actually embrace that music So that's essentially like the whole mission of why I went. And I continued that, like we did online classes, I did classes over there, but um, the main goal was essentially to just immerse myself completely, learn as much as possible, and ultimately like have that experience with my daughter as well. That was the highlight of it for me and for all of of it all.
0: I want to talk about the gender equality um, in the industry that you're at. So for example, Victoria, you said something about, the industry you're in is quite male dominated and how did you think it sort of do you f- is there any way to improve it? is it do you feel there's any way to improve it and what is it that's lacking that's what that is is dom- making it male dominated
1: so great question i think number one what we can improve is have more women in the financial services industry right um i think as a woman in business use there's a lot of self-doubt and oh you know am I how much can I charge can I charge this month right I remember working in corporate and you know when we talk about inequality of pay women get paid less than men do and again women we're just very emotionally aware of what's going on and so versus men they just ask for it they don't care like I remember a colleague of mine telling me oh yeah, I'm gonna ask for my 5% raise because I deserve it. Like it was just a non-negotiable. And when it was time for me to ask, I was hesitant to ask because I was like, well, do I really deserve it? Like, should I, have I, at, have I put in this effort? And the reality is, is the more that I observed being in that world, the more I actually asked and stepped into my power to ask for what is mine, to claim what is mine. Nine times out of ten, we as women work ten times harder than men because we have so many other hats to put on. We have the daughter hat, the friend hat, the mom hat, even even again the the whether it be an entrepreneur or the leader hat, right? That we wear all of these hats as as you know providers, as safe havens for people that we undervalue that and the contribution that that applies in business or in whatever industry that you're in right and so for me i think in the financial services industry it's i want to see more women in positions of leadership i want to see more entrepreneurs i want to see more people leading other male dominant teams because we are the strength we are the creators we are the visionaries and so for me I think breaking those barriers, you know, I even tell my girls, I have two girls that are 11 and six, and I always say I'm raising CEOs because I'm always challenging them and saying, no, speak your voice, speak up, say your thoughts, don't hold back. Because I think a lot of us, especially in the Hispanic culture, um, for me at least, we were raised with, you know, the saying, más calladita, más bonita, which is more quiet, more, you look prettier, right? And so, we were taught don't speak up. And for me, no, I it took me a lot of work, a lot of inner healing, a lot of trauma work to then even have a voice and even decide that I deserve a seat at the table, right? Nothing bad happens when women make more money. I promise you. And so for me, I think it is really about seeing women come to the table. Number 1, if you don't have a seat at the table, make enough money to pay for a seat at the table. And if even at that isn't the case, then go make your own damn table. Make your own damn table with some powerhouse women that are going to watch each other thrive and not just survive in the industry, but really to thrive. So for me, I think it is two things. Number one, stepping into our power. Number two, um, really recognizing other women in leadership and applauding them. I think a lot of us as women, we, we tend to do the, oh, tear down you know, oh, well, so-and-so it's because she's sleeping with men. Oh, it's because she's the the office flirt. No, like maybe she, this is, she's smart. Maybe she is dressing the part because she wants to get into those bigger conversations, right? And I think there's a level of class and boundaries that come with it, but say, hey man, how are you having these conversations? Hey, bring me along with you. Can we do lunch together with whomever you're doing it with, right? And I think that Again, collectively as women, we have the power to dominate any industry. I think we just need to do more together rather than less apart.
0: Mm. So Angie, you work in the fintech industry and being also being a black girl in London, in the fintech industry. How is that? And do you see many other women like you as well in that industry?
2: Um in my industry in particular not many but the company that i i'm gonna say i was working for because yesterday was my last day and i'm gonna start a new project uh with another company but i've had experiences where um there were a lot of black african women just because the company in particular that i was working for was fintech for sending money abroad and so There were many people of color because they were the targeted customers. And so they would even hire, uh, you know, a more diverse team. However, I faced a lot of issues with regards to people approaching me. And instead of listening to like my pitch at a networking event and things like that, they would either approach me in a different way. So I had to be very strict on boundaries. And I found this a shame that like, you know, I'm here for work. I do understand that I might look nice, et cetera, but I think it's very hard to differentiate, you know, our identity as a woman from, you know, the woman that is actually just working, you know what I mean? So I struggled a lot with that. And um, even when it comes to promotion, it might happen that, you know, the person that you want to go for, the managers are, you know, looking at you a certain way, etc. So I'm not gonna lie, I've pulled myself out of a potential situation where I could have had a promotion just because I knew that I did not want to work with that person. And it's a shame, you know, I I don't even like to say that, but it's actually true. And um, again, as I said, I think it comes a lot with our own boundaries and self-respect and making sure that we remain as professional as possible. I think we do double, you know, the work to to just do our work just because we are female. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a shame, it's challenging, but at the same time, we are the ones that actually change it. And I'm saying this, and I should be the one who should have gone for the position. Um, but I also struggle with mental health. And so... I couldn't afford to, you know, have to face certain situations, et cetera, with the person that I would have to report every day, you see? And so there's multiple layers on on why we might be, you know, a bit discriminat- discriminated against, if you think about it.
0: Well, you, Maria, also kind of techish, but marketing, digital marketing how how is that did you is that got a male dominated industry as well
3: um so yeah i i would say so i was um out of twenty students there was only two two girls that graduated in i t so the rest were were, were male um
0: but' a stereotypical developer i know is male, glasses,
3: geeky, <laughs> kind of I, greasy hair. Yeah, stuff. I, I've always worked with men. I think when I worked for this agency in London, it was a team of 30. And again, there was only two two girls in the team, me and another person. Uh, but I, I really enjoy working with men. And I think um, I find them so easy to work with. And I don't think it's about whether it's you know selected men or women it's I think it's it's an interest you know a lot of women um I find that they're not as interested in the field I'm in more there's more interest coming from the male um from men so uh, I think that's all that also plays a role it's not about you know who you know who gets you know the job or who gets a promotion it's just that the there's a lot more interest shown by men in my type of industry um i i now work with a team of talented people and it, there's a really good mix of men and female and you know i tend to to work with female when it comes to um you know social media marketing, creating reels, creating all the you know artistic um, aspects of the marketing, whereas the men are the developers, the coders for websites, the programming you know hardcore logical thinking so it it, it kind of does show a little bit of a strength in different um aptitudes for men and women, and also preference, you know, and what they enjoy the most. Um, me, um, in particular, for me, it's never been an issue, really. I've always felt included. I've always felt um, supported. I've always felt like encouraged. I think it's because I've been so passionate about it, and I've given it my everything. So when it comes to getting involved in projects or anything, my mind is very technical, very logical. So... I I get along with the men really well in that in that field. Um but yeah I think I think we do need more women to step up and and and, and you know take on these roles because they're amazing and you know we we are moving in that in the technology world uh, so quickly so rapidly that we do need more females to come and give their input because they bring a lot of creativity a lot of you know different mindset they can see things from a different perspective and that's really beneficial for the industry. I
0: love that. I love the fact you just said women bring in the creativity because we women, that's what we're all about at like Feminine Energy, which is bring the creativity. And then you said about um, you enjoying working with men as well. And any, any of you ladies can chip in whichever however you want to answer this. It's just that I think it's nice to have, it's actually always nice to have a balance, I think, a balance because everyone like different gender bring in different quality their different skills in. So I think that's quite important.
3: Yeah. Absolutely like, you know, I we do a lot of social media marketing and it's the girls that come up really creative ideas because we 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 often run on emotions. And when it comes to selling, when we're selling a product or a service, we want to target people's emotions. And women have a really good understanding of emotion how to target those emotions. So, for instance, if you're selling, I don't know, a product for slimming, you know, for, for your skin, you want to target the emotions of that potential customer. And, and so the input from a female is really good in that aspect because we can orientate that and use it to create, promote, you know, marketing that actually works.
0: Victoria, you say you work with you have a team that is mainly ma- men. Do you, and also because I know you like you know about the masculine and feminine energy, mm-hmm. do you as- assign them to roles according to them because they're because they're men because they're women?
1: Oh, great question. Um, no, everyone's treated equally. I think I okay. see different results or different levels of contribution within the team. Based on whether they're more masculine or or feminine, um, I think to Maria's point, right? I do see a lot more creativity from the ladies in the, in the group on the team, but then again, I think that from the men, I see more of the execution, right? So like that masculine energy of execution. I know I can give the guys a task, and they're gonna run with it. They're just soldiers. Versus the women, I, I tend to have to give a little more explanation or give the reason why, so that they then feel safe and comfortable to execute. And so I think as a leader, it really is about understanding the strengths and the weaknesses. There's this really great quote from Jim Rohn that says, "Um, know your team so well that their strengths become pillars of your business and know them so well that the weaknesses become invincible. So put your players in positions where you're only going to see their strengths. Don't put them in positions where you know they're going to be weak because then that hurts the rest of the team. So to your point, I don't necessarily put them by um, gender, but rather by strengths of whether or not um, they're strong in these areas so that then the weaknesses become invincible or invisible. About, we,
0: probably, we sort of spoke a little bit about it, which is um, sort of limit self, uh, limited self-belief. So, We all come from different backgrounds, different cultures. So, what in in your culture? We all have different stories. For example, as an Asian girl, um, I was told that we have to cook, be a professional you know things like that or if you get to a certain age maybe like in your 20s you should be getting get married and have kids if not then you're failing sort of thing like that and then i've had like relatives asking me saying like see that you're t- um back when i was 26 they was like see that you're 26 have you not thought about getting married like, and they're like no i want to focus on my career things like that so me but me the, i have a personality where i just go through. it i don't really care what people think
4: I think also like I was saying before, like when you when we're doing something that maybe there's not a couple examples of people we know or family members or relatives that's done it, it's naturally deemed to the in our at least from my experience, my family's eyes a lot of the times ideas that I may have had, it was not practical at that time, you know, or it was no. And I definitely hear what you're saying when it comes to like forcing not forcing but encouraging like marriage and stuff like that, which is great and like settling down which is obviously awesome, and that's the goal. But I also think that as women, like, we're beyond our those statuses, you know? And I think that that's sometimes where there is pressure in a way. Like, if you're not married yet then you do or and you're getting to a certain age and not even just within marriage just within even our career goals like we we sometimes we have this clock in our mind whether we say it out loud that we want to do this by a certain age and i think ultimately like realizing at least for me that's where i feel like my my faith really steps in and i have to know like things are in god's timing so i could have goals and i could want to achieve things but i have to also trust and believe that god has a plan and that plan is going to go on his timing whether I know what it is or not, <laughs> and just kind of trusting that and really having faith. And I realized that when it comes to maybe um, ideas to ha- being have, and maybe people don't see the vision, That's all, it wasn't given to them. So sometimes you just have to go alone and do it anyways. And later on, your loved ones will always come back around because more. a lot of the times they're never coming from a negative place to try to be discouraging anyways. They are always coming from the best that they know, their own personal experiences And times are constantly changing. So it was was able to have the opportunity now, maybe 10 years ago, it was taboo. So it's like even us working, people working from home, people have been doing that. But that became a lot more about during the pandemic. But even still, it's still also opportunity. So if you were to tell someone before, you know what, I just want to have a business. I want to work from home or I want to work from a beach. They'll probably say that's not really practical (laughs) until you figure it out. And then once you see how you have it done, they're like, oh, well, you know what? That's kind of cool. I want to try that. (laughs) I would want to work from, you know, when now when I talk to my dad about it, we laugh. He's like, you know, I think I'm going to start a restaurant. I'm going to just take it to Jamaica. I'm like, exactly. Whereas, like, we're kind of programmed to think whatever we want to do, we have to do it here and now. And that's not true. We can do it anywhere. So I feel like just also having a strong faith in yourself and knowing that, kind of ignore that clock because that's the fear and that's the doubt and know that everything that's meant for you is gonna be for you, whether it's now, five years from now, 10 years from now, some of the most successful people, they started later on in life. And I think we also have to remind ourselves that, like to stop the race, <laughs> in a way.
0: So when, when I see your stories, I'm like, she's living the life, she's always by the beach, just dancing, like just so nice. I'm like so jealous, I wanna come, I wanna to go to to DR as well. You know what, at one point you actually made a, I there was going through a, um, a period where I, I was thinking, I want to move to DR as well. <laughs> it
3: just looks so nice. You there. should, you
4: should. But honestly, what I also realized, like being there, and I think that's the biggest, like that's something I definitely want to share. Sometimes we have this idea as well, when we're in another place or when our environment changes, everything's going to change. It's kind of like when we set a goal for ourselves. when I'm in this position, I'm going to, everything's going to be better. When I achieve this, um, every it's going to be a lot better. And I realized that too, changing environments is great. But also at the same time, we can't escape ourselves. So for me, I I battle with a lot of anxiety. So I thought that maybe if I'm on a beach or I'm in a tropical setting, that's going to disappear. And sure enough, anxiety did kick about and especially being in a foreign country. But for the most part, I realized home is also within us and it's where we are and kind of remembering that and taking that energy that you want to feel You can have that energy there so that's why i kind of like to emulate that into the classes that i do so even if someone's not physically in the dr we're going to be swaying and dancing as if you were you know and i know you like to dance as well sometimes it's just downloading a dominican dembo playlist or, or whatever the genre of music you like from another country and you, I promise you can have that same energy in your living room, you know? You just mm-hmm. have to get yourself in that vibe and you can put yourself in control of that energy and have that wherever you are.
2: Um, what about you, Angie? I'm mixed race. So it's like, I mainly grew up with my father's family side, so the Italian side, and not really that much with the um, Cape Verdean side. Now, growing up... um probably in the past i would say 6 years i started to you know see uh friends from anywhere from africa so black friends and things like that um and so it it kind of felt like on on my family side i was looking for something that was not me right they're saying you don't really need to have just black friends and and i have to like you know, tell them like, I'm just doing that because they are my friends, not because of their color. Right. And plus, if I wouldn't have had missed that side of my um, self or my family or my Cape Verdean background, I wouldn't be having this, you know, looking for friends. And plus, when you know one friend, then he introduced you to another and then another, et cetera, et cetera. And so I had to you know, speak up for myself and be like, I understand, but this is not about, you know, me looking for something. It's just me choosing my friends. And so I have to speak up my mind for it. Um, and so this is something that it kind of feels like forced from them. Like they want me to have a black fr- a, a, a white friend. They want me to have a white boyfriend. They just, you know, the mentality is like, Mm, better not to and things like that so that was something that I had to you know speak up for myself and then it kind of created me some sort of insecurities in terms of you know growing up I had afro hair and so my sister had silker hair right so I had to deal with kind of insecurities based on that now I'm more like compassionate with myself and i had to do lots of work in myself within myself and trying to understand where is this coming from and why am i doing all of this but at the end of the day i i am now on a much better position to try and understand why this has happened and what were the reasons why i built this sort of insecurities and sense of like um You know, sometimes even unworthiness, I'm not going to lie. But, you know, the therapy has helped. And um, trusting myself and go for what I feel like is working for me. Like, sometimes I have to sit, sit down and think twice, but then do what I want to do instead of what other people want me to do. So I had to do lots of work on that.
0: And Victoria...
1: How about you? Yeah, for me, I think it goes along the lines of kind of what Jazz mentioned, right? Um, we can live life by design and we can always choose our purpose and we can always choose to change our purpose. And especially as a Latina, for me, I've been called everything in the book, right? I've been called bossy. I've been called bitchy. I've been called difficult. I've been called emotional. Um And so number one, I think it's so important not to feed into those labels, not to feed into like, and actually question like, oh my goodness, am I difficult? Because I was voicing a concern that maybe was against the grain, or I was voicing and stepping into my power where at the end of the day, nine times out of 10, they end up using my idea anyway, but because it wasn't their idea or positioned the way they wanted, um, it's it's looked upon as bad and so I think that a lot of of that external can be something that we absorb internally and I think it's super important that we identify who we are our value our worth that we are enough in order to step into these trailblazing positions these glass ceiling breaking opportunities and understanding you can change your purpose any freaking point in time like you want to work corporate go work corporate and kill the game you want to be an entrepreneur go be an entrepreneur and kill the game you want to go live on a beach and go dancing do it and do it at the highest best level possible and if Jazz wants to change her mind and she wants to go live in and go work in corporate guess what we all have the beauty and the flexibility to do that and i think that sometimes we because we take into a lot of the external noise. We don't really tap into the internal. And like Jazz mentioned, right, home is where you are. So find what makes you happy. I think a lot of us go, especially women, we go through life doing what everyone else wants us to do to fit into this box. And I can tell you from being someone that has stepped outside of the box, I have been called crazy. I have been called like stupid, what are you doing? That's the stupidest idea you could do. And you know, when I went from corporate leaving my corporate job of um, 10 years, making a six figure salary to then going into the entrepreneurship world, my family had always worked corporate. And so for me, I was, what are you doing? You're stupid to, to make that jump into entrepreneurship. That was year one. Year two was, you're crazy, you're still doing this? Year three was, oh my goodness, you did it. See, I told you so. Year four was like, you guys, you see her? See, that's my daughter, I'm proud of her, right? And so again, you go through these phases and, and that's anything, right? And so, you know, I always tell people, when you have a really good idea or when you have a really good purpose that you wanna go after, Always understand people are gonna call you stupid, they're gonna call you crazy, then they're gonna tell you they knew you, and then they're gonna tell you they told you all along. So I think understanding that as you go into these limiting beliefs, I always think of what is the unlimited belief? If you feel like you're not enough, well, what's the opposite? I am enough. So you already know what life looks like living in that limited belief, now envision what it looks like living in the unlimited belief. And that, just that shift in perspective, will change the game. So I don't even listen to the noise because everybody tells me I'm crazy half the time. (laughs) Victoria, I
0: felt like we were just on the call all over again, just hearing you talk
3: like that. Finally, Maria, how about you? So I think, um, you know, with my family, it was always go to uni, graduate, get a job. And that's what I did. And I went and got a job and I worked for somebody else for fourteen and one year in another company, so fifteen years, all together working for somebody else, building somebody else's dream, you know, putting all my eggs on on that basket. And then when I left, it was like, what what's left? You know, what, what have you know, what have I done? What, what can I what legacy can I leave, you know, to my kids from all these years of work? So all I could take from that was the experience the knowledge uh, that I gained but apart from that there's nothing that you know after you know the last paycheck there's nothing I could you know give to my kids so I think I wish my parents or my family and it's something that I do with my kids now they had told me and they had encouraged me more to go into the entrepreneurship world from a young age you know because you don't need 15 years of experience to then get started I could have done a few two or three years to gain experience to see it all and then go and embark on it myself um but there wasn't that encouragement or that sort of model to follow um although I do have quite a lot of aunties and everything that are entrepreneurs but they're back in Colombia so they went present in my life so I couldn't you know, get from their example. But, you know, and also it's, you know, invest investing, you know, buying a property, you know, taking these steps Die I now, my kids are young, but I already tell them, you know, uh, you need to, uh, I, 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 I said my son this morning, I was saying, okay, we're going to watch this video about ch- uh, chat GPT. This is the new era. This is the new tech. You need to be alert. This is where you need to start thinking what you're going to do. You're only 10, but the world is moving so fast and many jobs are going to be made redundant. So start thinking from now, what, what do you want to do? Because, you know, these things are coming up and I want you to stay in tune with what's going on, you know. And I talk to him about investing, about buying a property. Start saving from now because when you're 16, want to get your car, went want to get your first flat. I wish my parents had done that with me. So it's those... You know, you come to learn and to realise all these things later on in life where I, you know, I wish if I had known or if I had had the example earlier on in my life, then I probably would be way more ahead in the game. But, you know, it's never too late. And I like, you know, like all these ladies have said, I think my best advice is believe in yourself. Uh, Stop all the noise because people are going to question Left, right, and centre. What are you doing? You're leaving your corporate job, you know, and and you're just gonna do your own thing. And is this gonna work? Is it? Gonna, and it's hard to just throw doubt in you, but but you've got to be really strong-headed. Your vision's got to be tunnel vision. You know where you're going. If you're passionate, you love what you do, you know. Block all the noise because it will work as long as you're consistent, persistent, determined. You know, you know how to sacrifice when you need to sacrifice sacrifice when you need to you know whatever it is whether it is sleeping time whether it's TV socializing you've got a dream and you vi- and you have a vision for it then cut all the other stuff out voices negativity anything that's stopping you follow that vision follow that dream and give you everything honestly i, I I've been shook by the amount of work that has been coming my way. So much that it's like, I'm constantly looking and employing more people. I never expected that in a million years because the workload is so much that I can't handle it on my own. So it's moving a lot more rapid than I thought. And, and 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 you know, and I had people that used to doubt me and used to say, you know, don't do it that way. And at the same time, I'm able to be a present mom, which I love because, I don't, you know, my kids are just as important or more. So being here after three o'clock with my kids, it's priceless. So you've got to just follow your dream, your vision, and 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 stick to that. And and then now that we know it, just pass it on to our kids so they don't make the same mistakes that we did. And that one step ahead. Yeah,
0: thank you. Yeah, you know about the sacrifice. That's what I've been doing as well. I've actually. I, the last time I went out was to your birthday, Maria. And before before that, I haven't been out since, I don't even remember, probably November. Probably <laughs> But yeah. I just, I'm, I'm actually in that zone because I really want what I want to do. So, I just, have, yeah, so then I, just, like, I just, I don't even think about going out. I don't even go to my friend's house to chill. I just want, if I Friday and Saturday, I'm just at home. If I'm not working, i have been reading a book. I just yeah. want to. Just in my zone right now. So no. you're right. Sacrifice, socialize, Same. social life. I mean, it, it's just okay. no
3: the t- time just flying by. So it, there's no time to waste.
0: <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, ladies. I'm going to wrap up. Um, wow. It was an um, interesting episode for all the, all the uh, hiccups. But thank you so much. Thank you for your patience. So, how can we get hold of one, each one of you? Uh, Signed by Maria, how can people um, get
3: hold of you? Should I give you uh, my Instagram? T- so yeah. by yeah, yeah. just say underscore m i h lopez. Oh, at the moment is this is voltage.com. So visit my website on there, okay. um, and we're actually rebranding mm-hmm. at the moment. So soon that link will change to Voltage Studio. I've, I've got the domain, but we're working on the website and the rebranding is amazing. So check it out when it's out. This is really nice,
0: Angela. How can people get hold of you? Uh, my Instagram
3: is Angie
2: underscore right. A N G I E underscore R-I-G-H-T.
1: Yeah, people can get a hold of me with my IG handle. It's V Celestial One. So V is in Victoria, C is in Cat Celeste or V Celestial. So V-C E L E S T I A L One. Um, and then the company, you can also, if you guys are in the industry, uh, follow at Downtown Financial Group. And we'll be
4: happy to help. Perfect. And Jazz. Um, if you can find me, my Instagram is at Jazz, J A Z, and Gabriella, G A B R I E I I L L A. Sorry, I forgot my handle because I had to put double I because my name was taken. So it's Jazz Gabriella <laughs> with two I's. And um, my dancing page, my business page is at Dembo So D E M B O W. Um, FIT. Sorry, I had a brain
1: freeze.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, ladies Jazz. Well, I think I I want to do a little dance with you sometime. Maybe like some collaboration. I don't know if something some yes. that. I would
4: love to. I saw you also. I wanted to congratulate. You. I, I know it was a previous post you did. You danced with Chambala, which I think was amazing. <laughs> that that was that looks yeah. that looks so good. Yeah. Thank you.
0: That was last year, August. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I literally just—they found me in the club, so I went. I went to nightclub, yeah, and then, uh, went to a, a reggaeton party in London. And um, some guy just came up to me and was like, "We're looking for dancers. Um, have a concert coming up. Would you be interested?" At first, I was just like, "Yeah," but I thought he was just bluffing. And afterwards, he gave me sent me the details, and it was Chimbala. I was just like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's amazing! And, uh,
4: Congrats to that. And that was in, that was in your hometown. Yeah, came you to have London? to go to DR for that to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I was just thinking, like, how can it be? like, Especially, it's my favorite type of music as well, and because I love them both as oh. well. And it's like, I couldn't really, yeah, so. <laughs> and you know, when, and you know what also, what's funny is this, is, this is coming back to like, you should, um, if you want something, just pursue, go for it. I've been trying to pursue it as so a become a dancer, but then I almost gave I basically, I did give up. So I don't, want, I don't want to do dance anymore. And then just as I said that, a month later that's when the guy found me and, said, uh, and booked me on to that to that to that gig. and i'm now i'm happy thank you so much for watching and listening i hope you enjoyed it I hope you found it inspirational if you did please share it with your friends your family share it comment subscribe everything please just show me some love and i love you all for watching and listening Mwah.